Welcome to Crossfade, the dueling album review show about expanding your musical horizons. I'm your host, Matt Helgeson, my partner in crime, Jason Daphnis. What crimes are we committing, Matt? What are we doing? Crimes against music. (laughs) (laughs) Well, this is going to be a wonderful episode and discussion. Yeah, 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 no. Our our terrible commentary is a crime against music. Uh, (laughs) No, so we're we're, uh, doing a little something different. Like, you know, we've been trying out some different formats, uh, and so... As we approach the mid-year mark, uh, we decided to talk about our respective favorite albums of the year so far. Um, and yeah, this is this. I really had fun. I mean, one I picked, so I like it. But you know, the other one, I, right, right. Jason's pick, uh, I really liked a lot. Uh, Soul Glow um, and uh, Benny the Butcher. Um, so let's get into soul glow jason's pick um they are a hardcore band from philadelphia mm-hmm. um and you know i it, it's cool i had like i was telling jason off air uh i haven't listened i was listening to a little hardcore recently so like some old classic 80s stuff um but i haven't you know really listened to hardcore and i was never like a, a super inside hardcore baseball kind of guy but um their album uh, diaspora problems is is really cool um i think it's a great hardcore album. They're really great at that. And it has also some different elements, particularly a, a very um, pronounced hip hop influence. And, um, you know, kind of given where these guys grew up, grew up in their ages, that's I think mm-hmm. a very natural extension of just kind of who they are and the generation that they're a part of. Um, but yeah. So tell me a little bit about, I mean, I'd read a couple of blurbs about them, um, but I hadn't really checked them out totally yet. Um, what kind of made you gravitate to soul glow? Uh, yeah. So one of the songs that we're going to listen to today is, uh, is the first one I ever heard from them. Um, I was just browsing, you know, wherever I go for music I forget which, which one of those channels it was, but, uh, and it caught my ear recently. I've been listening to a lot more hardcore, a lot more punk, uh, cause I'm trying to go to shows more. And I find that those tend to be some of the most fun is when there's a crowd is when people are pushing and shoving and stuff. I guess I sort of craved that after COVID having gotten just a tiny taste of it, um, in, in my mid twenties. Uh, but having never like gotten the opportunity to go to shows like that as a kid or like to sort of develop that interest. Um, I've started to gravitate more toward it in my late twenties here. And this one uh, caught my ear heavily because uh, I was recently listening to a band called Oxbow. Um, Oh my dude. Yeah. Yeah. Oxbow man. Eugene. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I met Eugene. um, Did you? Holy shit. Yeah. Like my friend's band's the stunning uh, NNG. They they were uh Oxbow came up and played their last show. They were, um, you know, kind of mutual admiration society. Too. Really? Yeah, I Eugene's an interesting that. dude, man. Like, he, he's written a lot of books. He's a great writer. Yeah, I follow um, him on Twitter. I know that he got, uh, you know, as his music career came and went and waned and, and waxed, uh, he started writing for, you know, various digital publications. I think he's EIC or managing editor somewhere right now. Uh, so, yeah, I've, I've started following him. He's a really interesting follow. But yeah. that style I mean, of music. Is, Oxbow is, boy, I, I wouldn't say they're hard. <laughs> they're really no, one no, of those no. bands i think's like you know a real one-off like i can't yes, yes they defy music they, str- to anybody. they strongly defy genre to me um, like i and have you ever seen them live no no I, I just started listening to them like a year or two ago and they've started releasing new music but i don't think they've gotten on the tour circuit just yet yeah um it's, it's something else man yeah like, you know, <laughs> I've he's, seen he's pictures. got he's, he, he's done some mma um you know he's cut I was you know, gonna say that's why he looks like a brick shit house. He's got two, two huge, um, two huge pentagrams on each shoulder, and um, you know, yeah, like he used to basically just be in his underwear, and like you know, sometimes a dude would run up and he'd kind of run up and get done up, as they say, um, by Eugene. <laughs> um, but it's weird because they sort of have a very like or he's has aggressive like kind of persona, but the music mm-hmm. is kind of very arty, and his vocals are not what you'd call traditionally hardcore yeah. punk at all. Um, they're kind of a weird art band, but yeah, I mean, I Oxbow to me is one of those bands. It's just like, they're in their own category to me, their own genre. I, I can't yeah. really put them together with other bands. Um, and yeah, I, can't, there was this end times festival End times two, uh, decade ago. I don't know. They came up and played. It's kind of a noise <laughs> experimental, weird music fest. And they played. And then my friend, Jeremy, I think he stayed at my friend Jeremy's house and, so I talked to him. I was like, man, it's a great set and everything. He's super friendly. But like, I remember he had this t-shirt that said headgame.com. 
And I was like, <laughs> yeah, man. So what's, uh, what's next? Are you guys on tour or whatever? He's like, no, man. Um, we came out to do this show. We're going to do Chicago tomorrow night. You know, cause they're pretty big in Chicago. And, um, mm-hmm. and then, but then I, <laughs> he's never easy. I got to get back to San Francisco for an orgy. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, tell me about it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, he's, he, he's super great. I and mean, he's super like kind of this like, intellectual guy with like you know very like outspoken extroverted tendencies on stage uh yeah but i mean it's not i don't know he's just he's it's not like he's trying to be menacing but he projects a certain menace like he's not really like you know jumping around and shit like that he just has a very like heavy like presence and he's written a book about fighting and stuff like that um but yeah wow oxbow yeah oxbow is something yeah there's something else, man. They they are. And I don't mean to draw comparisons between like the hardcore, you know, punk sort of nearly metal and thrash sound that uh, Solglow has to them. But it's this thing because I grew up and this is like the thing that I can't avoid thinking of what I, because I grew up in a very white house in a very, you know, white neighborhood in a very white town. Uh, I like instantly associated punk music with, you know, white people with the people who performed it, the people who wrote it being it just being like a white form, right? And as I grow up and obviously expanding my musical horizons, finding that there are artists uh, from, you know, uh, communities of color and, you know, very outspoken black activist type lyrics and music Whoa. being created uh, into in, in, in the space of punk. This is one of those groups that's uh, like, yeah, very, I'm, very, very heavily leaning that way. I mean, I would argue that the most. I mean, bad brains, it, right? Yeah, the most important hardcore band, I think, probably in in some ways, maybe them and Black Flag. It's really hard to yeah, yeah, that's close. But I mean, uh, Bad Brains are tremendously like they started hardcore on the East Coast, basically. Yeah, um, yeah, and, and and that's exactly what I mean. Is to say, they're like, like Rastafarians, and you know, I just I didn't mean, have that exposure. You yeah, know? Uh, I mean, so it's it's been, I guess, rapturous, really interesting, uh, and like very eye-opening to find that there are whole groups that uh, and whole you know uh, sections of the genre that have just uh, like really evolved in this way to where this uh, very like both ends of that spectrum of um of the oxbow very arty very like angular and nuanced and very poetical uh and then the oxbow and or sorry the solglow end which has by many degrees uh been more direct and literal and like uh emotionally um uh, uh, uh tumultuous i guess if you if you read some of the lyrics to this album um i just really find myself drawn to to that uh to that section of of punk and hardcore so yeah i've been listening to more uh uh, uh bad brains been listening to more oxbow and soul glow and just trying to get a little bit more of that egg cracked uh for me and so i guess it was pretty pretty natural actually that once i heard this and once i saw videos of them playing i was like this is actually really this is radical stuff this is uh especially for you know people of my generation to be singing about like how liberalism is bullshit how uh you know institutions fail you all that kind of stuff is like yeah this is the kind of the music that the world needs right now in a lot of ways for me anyway yeah um so it, it stuck with me on a theoretical and like poetic front uh it catches my ear with like a lot of genre switching and melding um you know breakdowns and like i kind of just want to play the first track to get people give people a, a quick taste of of what this sounds like um because it starts like sounding midwest emo almost and then goes into a couple of different places uh anything else you want to say before we start no I, is this a gold chain punk we're starting with yeah 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 it's great this is actually a few few parts remind me of at the drive-in uh this one in particular um, okay see here we go here we go we're getting the accretion disc of genres and punk uh yes this is gold chain punk uh parentheses who gonna beat my ass from soul glows diaspora problems
this is like where I started to realize, oh, this is this has been one song, and they've just been yeah, yeah. No, I love it, man. And the, the riffs, I just love the, the, the chaos of it, man. Like I know. And he's just like chewing up everything, you know, vocally. I love it. Yeah, if you if you check out the lyrics, there's a lot of words he's fitting into every measure. Yeah. And then right after this, we go back to the main riff from the intro, and it's just like. Yeah, but you know, I'm glad you brought that up, that point up, because I, I do think that sometimes when people like make jokes on Twitter about like, oh, this is so white kind of stuff, it, it I think it's, it's some weird way of being self-deprecating when white people say that about white people. But yeah, I think it also serves to kind of erase like contributions of people Absolutely. of exactly. color with these music. Like, I mean, you, we talk about bad brains, but you know, like. Uh, Black Flag, you know, they had a controversial song called White Minority, which is sort of like sung from the perspective of like sort of a racist white person uh-huh. and was somewhat adopted sometimes by skinheads, I think, but, but the, like they didn't understand it was like it was being sung by Ron Reyes, who went by Chavo Pederast, and like Robo was the drummer, so he's Colombian and Ron was uh-huh. a Hispanic, so it's like it, it was being sung by a Hispanic man you know what i mean like ironically you know what i mean and like, yeah yeah and and the, you know and spot who was the house producer for all the sst records like he was black so there's a lot of people of color that contributed to punk all along and you know still obviously to this day and i, I so I, I do you know I, I i mean i totally understand i'm, I'm sure i had that, you know those perceptions at a time too but it's like i, I hate uh-huh. when people kind of make fun of that sort of thing because it, i think they think they're being kind of like progressive but i think it it's sort of it backfires. And it's exactly what I was talking about, where I don't, like, I know that this music is being created. Like, this is some of the best hardcore I've heard in a, in a while. Not that I'm a, like, a scientist of the genre or anything, but it's some of the best hardcore I've heard in a long while, and I really, like, I can't wait till they start touring so that I can see them live. Um, and I, I don't know, it is one of those things where just by the cultural blanket that I had been under for so many years, I had just started to assume that, you know, a kind of music was just kind of like, it was a thing that white people did, you know, and yeah. not to say that at 29 years old, they realized that there are people of color in music, but I had just so closely associated culturally one type of music with this one type of people. It's just a wonderful way to have that like shroud torn a little bit. Um, yeah. And this band I mean, is like a fantastic, loud, gr- like grating, but also a very groovy way to, to break that. Yeah. And totally. I mean, and I have no, you know, the other thing we should say is like, none of us, neither one of us knows anything about what's really going on in, in hardcore because right. that's all happening on like a house show level and like yeah, yeah. kids putting out like, you know, hand stamped seven inches and you know, stuff that we don't even get exposed to. Like I looked yeah. up some of these guys influences. Like one of them was this band called vaccine from Massachusetts. I'd never heard of. And <laughs> their band camp page had hardly like any supporters, you know, and stuff. So yeah, yeah. like, it, it, you know, it, it's impossible. I mean, I could kind of speculate on certain things based on what I know, but like these guys could be influenced by, you know, some other band in Philly that was a little older than them or, you know, it, it's, it's such a kind of a tight knit kind of thing. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But yeah, no, it's, it's, uh, this is good. What I mean, I pretty much like all the songs. Um, yeah. I didn't, I didn't dislike anything from this record. Um, I will say, let's see the next thing. I think the next track uh, it's called coming correct is cheaper is a really great. Uh, like there's, there are more transitions in that song that I think are really interesting to listen to as far as like when pivots happen. Yeah. Um, and, um, right at the beginning of this, they use the Lynn Collins, uh, think about it break, which is, um, this is Lynn Collins is a singer and the James Brown JBs were the backing band on that record. Uh-huh. And, uh, anyway, you hear it's kind of woo. Okay. Okay. I was wondering Rob Bass and DJ easy rock. It takes two was based on, but it was kind of a cool little sample. That's a real old school, like hip hop sample. Okay. Yeah. I, I knew that it was borrowed from the world of hip hop, but I didn't know which one. Uh, all right. This is coming. Correct is cheaper. I gotta love an artist who says uh, in the song in reference to a previous line he says so I've seen every face I will know which ones were true that's subtext 
And this is just the moment where you see the pit start stirring and people throwing each other. Oh, yeah, the halftime. The halftime break. That's like... It's a classic. Yeah, I don't know which, like... There's so many, like, weird subgenres of hardcore. I don't, like... I think these guys might have some power violence influences, but I'm not okay, entirely so sure. That's, that's new to me. You know, power violence, a little Swedish DB... <laughs> Early eighties oh, yeah. UK crust. You're speaking punk, my language now. Gr- grindcore. Um, there was no, one time. Know. There was one time I was asked at a party if I was in with the crust punks, and you know what I look like. Like, I mean, this was before I even had a mustache, so I didn't look. Yeah. I, I looked completely normal, quote unquote normal, like normcore white guy in jeans and a t-shirt. And I guess it, I gave off enough of a crusty vibe uh-huh. that he asked me if I was. Did you have like a, a baseball hat with like? little spikes in, in the bill <laughs> and like a dog on a rope instead <laughs> Not of a even leash. a leash <laughs> yeah man I just love this it's just like Din, I, din, I, din, these din, riffs din. are awesome. Like, I know. I it, just love it, how they structure them. And it's almost like groove metal at times. Like they get kind of thrashy at other times. I, I just love how they seem to have made something so like it would otherwise be patchwork if they weren't so good at mixing them. Yeah. Um, no. It, I, they're they're it, um, it just flows. Yeah, the metal hardcore, extreme metal hardcore has gotten so muddled over the years, it's kind of mm-hmm. sometimes hard. But this is a good side effect of that, I think, where it's like, oh, they've mixed them to the point where they're not necessarily distinguishable. Like, you can recognize. Oh, yeah. I w- yeah. I w- it wasn't a complaint. It's just sometimes I don't yeah, understand yeah. the difference between, like, grindcore, which is kind of somewhat more metal, and, like, I think power violence is it's kind of the same, but it's more mm. punk. I don't know. It's just... It's all branding you know, It's very, like, narcissism of small differences. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, yeah, like... I don't know. It's just, it's just a really cool punk record. And I just, it's very, it feels fresh, but it it also has a lot of the great things about hardcore to me and a lot of classic kind of hardcore moves. Um, Mm -hmm. Like uh, fucked up if true, I really like is just sort of a super chaotic hardcore song. Um, Yeah. Let's get into it. Yeah, it's just like it's right off the bat, bit, you know. Yeah. Like, here's what I would say about these guys: that it's not something I, th- I think it, that's said about bands like this, but they're they're like great songwriters. Yes. I don't think yes. that people, certain genres, I don't think, are viewed in that way. It's like, you know, no matter how music has changed over the years, it's still this element of like, you know, well, like, Paul Simon is good songwriting or, or like, uh, right. you know, Phoebe, Phoebe Bridgers, like that's songwriting, right? You know what I mean? Right. Like, this is just like, what you know, is this? but this is songwriting too, right? And like, it, it, it's almost like, and we can talk about some of the more, like, different stuff they do like with some kind of rap elements and Mm -hmm. different things but i I feel like a lot of like music writers like they don't really like hardcore they they kind of understand it's important so they have to sort of deal with it but so i think they tend to focus on i think the reason this band gets a lot of um, attention is because of like not this song but maybe we could go to like dripponomics Uh which is cool but it, I always, it's always a sense that like hardcore is something that needs to be like transcended, or it's like, right? Well, you know, like, yeah, you were a hardcore band, but then you kind of grew out of it, right? Like, it, it's 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 a phase, you know what I mean? Right, and, right. And I, I, I just would like I, I like some of the other sh- shit they do on this record a lot, but I I, I don't want to lose sight of the band that like that these guys are writing very good hardcore songs that are are really interesting musically, yeah. And it's and it's hard. It's also it's hard to talk about. I think for writers because it's much easier to say like, "Well, wow, you know, Radiohead had this crazy synthesizers all of a sudden, and like 
dance music beats and production. And, you know, it, it's sort of easy because that's like almost like novelty in some ways. Like mm-hmm. they were one kind of band and then they became another. But it's like, it's really hard to talk about like, why is ACDC great? And they right, are right. like, I would argue they may be a better band than Radiohead. I think they are. Ooh. But, um, but like ACDC, they have a formula, but the way they work within that formula and the way they actually physically sound when they play their instruments is just it's well-constructed. Right, a way. right. The technique is off the charts, too. Yeah, it's just, and it's not flashy technique. It's just, they understand how to play as a band, and they, you know, at the, in their peak, they wrote amazing songs. Um, so I think we should check out, like, maybe we should check out Drippinomics, or um, there's a few others here that have some different kind of moves, um, which are cool, too. Um, I don't yeah. know what you'd like to hear. Uh, let's pop into Drippinomics. I think that's a great example of, yeah. of what you're talking about. All right, here goes. Do you feel me? They want to persecute me because I get money responsibly, ethically. Yeah, which, th- I mean, this is really cool. I mean, obviously, like, something like maybe Death Grips would be a pretty easy comparison. Mm-hmm. Um, do you do you like this kind of uh, rap hip-hop where they're, um, where it's, like, more grungy industrial, more, like, less about yeah. the flow and more about the the high end? Yeah, I mean, you know, there was always, like, you know, an- uh, anti-pop consortium and, you know, there was all those weird late 90s bands, you know, the T-Rex and mm. So, yeah, I dig, uh, I dig up pretty much the whole... Gamut, really, but uh, and this is cool. Like, I like, I don't, I, I felt like I, maybe I sounded like I was dissing this song. I'm not at all. I no, like no, no. It. It's just, I think, like, I think they could have all these other amazing songs, and if they took out maybe like this song and uh, uh, spiritual level of gang shit, which we should listen to. That's a great song. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe. Uh, sometimes I wonder if would they be getting the same attention if they had taken out these parts of it because I mm. think that a lot of critics will kind of like be like wow they're like changing the dynamics of hardcore and stuff which is cool and they are to a sure. certain degree but I just I didn't want it to get lost at like sometimes like well you know they got a bunch of this childish screaming shit you'll get through that you know kind of stuff like yeah yeah I, yeah. I just wanted to like emphasize that they're really 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 fucking good at being a hardcore band yeah, and and I think you, what you're saying is borne out about their um about their songwriting is borne out by the fact that I don't know if you got to dig into their back uh, catalog like their previous few records, uh, some shorter stuff, some longer stuff. Almost all of that stuff is like much shorter songs, much like hey, this is an idea, we're gonna squeeze the idea and we're going to you know cut it to a record. And in this record, I think this might be the first time that they've done like whole you know uh, intro, cor- verse, chorus. Uh, verse chorus bridge chorus like even near that structure of of hardcore yeah uh, and yeah. i think it really benefits them because that's where they get to explore those ideas with a little bit more space with a little bit more like structure around it um, yeah and I mean, to like me this, they're yeah. they're hitting the perfect mix of like because uh hardcore can become so orthodox you know where it's just yeah. like every song does start the with the riff moves. continue yeah. with the riff until the, the chorus. halftime breakdown you know yeah you yeah in the back the pit part, you know? Yeah, um, yeah, for sure. So I think they're just hitting a, a perfect balance of like stretching out, trying to do new things, but also they're not like, there was this band I checked out because a pitchfork called turnstile. Uh, sort yes. of similar were, thing. People really liked them, didn't they? Man, didn't, not, not, that I, I, just, bag. Cause I read similar things about turn, the turnstile album that I read about this one. Where it's okay. kind of like this experimental, you know, hardcore band that's turning in, you know, and man, it didn't really do a thing for me. Cause huh. I just didn't, I didn't, it just felt like a kind of weird alternative rock band or something. I don't, I just, I don't know. So I think it's, it's these guys hit a balance. That's really cool. And I think that maybe did have a certain amount of passion and like, you know, just his vocals are just so raw and like almost yeah. like shredding his throat. Um, it's pretty crazy. And, and it also like, he, there's interesting, like the hip hop influence isn't just like that song where it's like, well, we're kind of making like a noisy rap song. I think that even within the hardcore songs, there's certain ways that he phrases lines and in the way he kind of structures his like 
rhythms and stuff that are mm-hmm. like sort of inherently hip hop influenced. Even definitely. It's like, definitely. It's like punk, right? It's like they're um, bleeding into each other. Not like they're saying, this is the hip hop part. This is the hardcore part. It's like, these are now like a new, maybe not new because like you said, there are, there are acts that have done stuff like this before, but like we're making our mark on this new breed of genre, you know? Yeah. And I mean, you could go back to like some hip hop, you know, like suicidal tendencies, later stuff or mid period stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, there was always people kind of like, because they were sort of urban musics at the same time, right? You know, um, right, right. hip-hop and, and, and hardcore, especially on the East Coast. Um, I don't want to take but, up too much time with just this record. Uh, I do want to kind of leave some surprises for listeners, but was there anywhere else you wanted to go for that? You mentioned spiritual level. Uh, that, that one's cool. I like Thumbsucker's really good. Oh, I was I, – see, I was trying to give you a lead to be like, Matt, you pick your last song because I want to talk about Thumbsucker too. That's like the one that throws you for a loop. Um, let's do a spiritual level first so we can go out on Thumbsucker if that's cool. Cool, cool. All right, here is Spiritual Level of Gang Shit from Diaspora Problems by Soul Glow. And this one we might want to kind of skip ahead um, here and then maybe go to like 2.30. Yeah, let's get a feel for the bass. I've prepared myself for anyone in my life to leave and focus much too much on extra strategies for me. I never said I'm brought a greater peace of mind from this technique. But God damn it, I'm locked in habit and I never expected to get Make it count. Take a shot when you play the black, play it cool, don't make it hot. You might have to I love how each like I don't know, couplet, verse, phrase, whatever is marked by that slow crescendo to like a sort of and then just bleeds back into the verse um i'm gonna pop forward so we can oh my god something just occurred to me yeah some parts of this remind me of this band called kingdom uh new kingdom there was this really strange rap rock band from like around the turn of the century okay really yeah here we we got to the part anyway yeah yeah. i love this kind of like almost ska horns kind of thing that they're doing. Uh-huh. But yeah, they, they always bring in like a little thing, like the horns that just make it a little bit different, you know, but it doesn't necessarily overwhelm the track either. No, yeah, it, it feels weirdly like it fits. Mm-hmm. And that might be because there's... Uh, and I don't mean this is pejorative, but like there's there's no melody to his vocals. Usually, it is that most often. Um, yeah. So yeah. like without without you know competing melodies with the actual like melodic musical parts, the the horns and the guitar and stuff. Maybe without those things battling each other, maybe everything just seems to fit a little more. Maybe we mm-hmm. care too much about vocals in our Western music society. Matt, what do you think? <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, I I listen to a lot of instrumental stuff. This is really good, like sing along kind of chorus mm-hmm. here. They go out on this, don't they? Yeah. But yeah, this is a cool song. I know, and Thumbsucker's really... I wonder if that was like a single or something. That feels like the most... One of the more marketable songs, I would say. Yeah, I think it's one of like two songs that doesn't have an explicit tag on Spotify. So. <laughs> you know the crowd's going to go go wild for this chant part, too. I mean... Just oh good, yeah, for good sure. Good stuff makes me excited to get out and watch a show once in a while. Um, let's dig into Thumbsucker a little bit because that sounded yeah. like one we both wanted to talk about. Yeah, this is almost kind of cool. It's almost like a real rock and roll, like horn section kind of thing. Yeah, I know, like it's a, like a sixties, <laughs> fifties kind of vibe. It's almost. so good. It's like part rockabilly part like i don't know cocaine freak out it's a very good match yeah it's one of those songs where they they didn't really need to do it but it works you know <laughs> yeah. i mean the song would have been a, the song either way but it's just it adds a little bit of like I, I do i do love that they add little points of interest like that uh so the album because you know like Hardcore albums can be a little exhausting for obvious reasons, right. you know. Um, right. And I think that they they do the different stuff they do helps pace it out in a nice way. Yeah. 
But yeah, overall, this is great. I'm glad. This is one of those bands I read a couple of things. I'm, I meant to check them out, and then it's just there's so much stuff that comes through the feed that I just forget to, to yeah. circle back or whatever. And uh, yeah, this is great, man. They're a hell of a band. This is really, really well, I'm cool. Glad you, I'm glad I'd, you uh, I would uh, definitely like to see them live. I think if uh, if uh, if they come through, yeah, for sure. I mean, they're uh, probably not like I think pits are a little bit more like nerf now aren't they a little bit nerf you mean like people aren't going crazy in them well like people aren't like seriously like hurting people um the ones that i've been to have probably been there's probably a vertical slice you know acts that are big enough to have security and whatnot but i like the ones i've been to people get knocked down people get like like i took i took an elbow to the crotch at my last hardcore show but people are like punching people on purpose nobody was like nobody's like being aggro facing you and punching you at least not the ones i've been to i'm sure that those still happen but i'm not sure i want to be there anyway there used to be this thing on the lake street called the bomb shelter and i went to a hardcore show there when i was like really young and it was just a brawl yes god probably the worst pit i ever saw was slayer it was like right after 9-11 Ooh. It was just an ugly mood in the room. And Slayer always attracts a lot of kind of like gutter punk dudes plus metal dudes that don't really like like each other very much. And Eek. man, we were st- we were up in the balcony and the pit, which is on the First Avenue main room, you saw like guys just like like jumping punches at people's faces. Jesus. Stuff. It was so bad. Um, so I've never had the, um, you know, I'm, I'm pretty wimpy for that kind of stuff. <laughs> no, the, the ones the ones where you're just pushing and Yeah, jumping. kids having fun, you know. Yeah, like, and, and twisting, like. I, I, you mean, got, I get, I get the knocked elbow down. Wasn't malicious, right? It just can't, no, it the, the guy you know. was the guy was scooting back. He didn't have anybody behind him. That just like he swung for anything he could reach, and it was at Seventh Street, where there's, there's that little uh, uh, separator between like the the standing floor and like yep. the bar area. And I was standing up against that because I had just gotten out of the pit, and this guy like stumbles backward and just rock in a hard place where the rock is his elbow the hard place is the wall and i guess the thing in between was my my gonads and it was just not was not the best time <laughs> but like still a wonderful like i've really enjoyed being in the pit and this is the music that makes me want to th- makes me want to get you know if they play seventh street if they play another uh venue that like has a decent like safe enough pit i'm there man yeah no I, i'm sure these guys are super energetic and stuff um but yeah let's uh switch gears um switch gears to my pick, which is Benny the Butcher, Tana Talk Four. Um, so yeah, this is kind of funny because I, 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 I actually just is like, I wonder what I've really like listened to the most, excluding like Crossfade stuff, oh, which kind year? of you know skews your your numbers, sure, on sure. Spotify, um, because you know all of a sudden you like listen to one record nonstop for, a week. <laughs> but you know so. I was I kind of in in a certain way this ties to my my point about um Soul Glow as a hardcore band. Um Benny is definitely he's from the Griselda Records crew out of Buffalo, New York. They've been around for about last mm, 10 years-ish, 8 years. Mm-hmm. It's him, Westside Gun, Conway the Machine. Uh, West and Conway are brothers and Benny's their um, cousin, but they kind of came out of nowhere. Like Buffalo was never had much of a known hip hop scene. Um, they came up through this kind of underground East coast kind of street rap thing. A lot of mixtapes. Um, they're getting a lot bigger now. Uh, he's been signed to Def Jam. This is kind of his last thing. I think before he goes to Def Jam, which I'm assuming will take him in a little more commercial directions. Um, okay. But this, this sort of style of like East Coast rap has always been one of my just kind of like go to comfort foods, just like drug dealing, like dark <laughs> mob deep is uh, probably the mob deep, the infamous. I think it was about 96. That was that was going to be one of the founding albums. Raekwon, uh, Capone Noriega, The Locks. And then um, about 15 years ago, this guy Rock Marciano came out and um, he used to be in Buster Rhymes, Flip Mode Squad. Um, but he came out with his album called Markberg. And it was just sort of this thing where, you know, rappers always, you know, rap has always been about trying to be the biggest and the best and, you know, on top, right? Like, right. Jay Z was on top. Drake maybe is kind of on top still, or, you know, whoever's future or, you know, and rock was doing these things where, you know, it was really underground. It wasn't commercial at all. And, you know, then after a while, he was like, you know, he'd sell like vinyl on his site was like $100 a record. Wow. Um, Nipsey Hussle did like $1,000 CDs one time. Um, <laughs> so it just kind of was this new angle where it was like, this is definitely like they're trying to kind of bring back that era of like Mob Deep and and that stuff. 
in the in the you know 2010s but it was like they they knew it was going to be underground so they were just trying to like really focus on a small audience like they all like do a lot of like special edition t-shirts and gear and shit like that um and so the griselda crew kind of came out of that there's a lot of other people like ka uh, boldy james who's on this record makami rome streets uh a couple other people we'll talk about but um yeah, so I don't know. This stuff is always just – I've always just liked tales of drug dealing and stuff like that. I just, mm-hmm. you know – And it, it's it like comes, why do people – What's that? I didn't mean to, I didn't mean to, mean to cut no, you no, off. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say it comes through like very – like you're saying, it's sometimes uh, – and I'm not the best to judge, but like posturing a bit for – and he talks about that a bit on this record where people, you know, uh, guss up their own travails for, you know, for, for status and whatever. And in this uh, one, it's like he, he – he mentions fentanyl too much for me to think, oh, this guy's never actually oh, no. slung I mean, before. He, like, um, yeah. yeah. Just to, to kind of fill in the backstory. I mean, with Griselda, um, Conway was kind of the first one I remember coming out. I saw him in a video for Rex Ryan by uh, Rock Marciano. But um, so Conway is actually shot like in the neck three times. Oh. So he has like um, Bell's palsy, you know, like where one side of your mouth doesn't really work. Mm-hmm. And then Benny, you know, definitely did prison bids in the late nineties that kind of derailed his career. And even in 2020, he got shot in Houston at a Walmart parking lot. I think that was more of a robbery kind of gone wrong thing, but, Mm. uh, yeah, I wouldn't, I would, (laughs) I mean, there's definitely a lot of posturing and I hate to like, you know, make it about because, uh, you know, there's art to everything, right? Right. Right. But there, these guys definitely have a background for real. Yes. And I think Buffalo is got some for real, very tough neighborhoods. It's kind of, you know, like an Eastern, like post-industrial kind of city, you know. Um, so anyway, that's kind of their background. Um, so that's why some of the, the detail <laughs> level of this stuff is yeah, yeah. like when they're talking about. And, and that's, you know, it, I, it's maybe it's kind of like ghoulish in a way. But, um, you know, I, why do people watch Goodfellas? You know what I mean? Like that yeah. was what was fascinating about Goodfellas is all those little details of gangster life. or Exactly. Scarface and stuff. So uh, we should get into it. But this is definitely another thing I should mention is this is kind of like this is sort of I think is his lat is you know real back to the old school kind of thing before he goes to Def Jam. So he's working with Alchemist and Derringer, um, both people that have worked with the Griselda crew a lot. Derringer is really kind of their in-house producer. So all the beats are either by Alchemist or Derringer, and so that was like this is definitely the core sound. Um, uh-huh. So I don't know what you want to hear first. I'm curious what stood out to you. Um, uh, I want to start with Johnny P's caddy. If I can, that is from the, that is the uh, starting track to this record. Yeah. And this is definitely a big, a bigger feature for him. You know, J Cole obviously is huge. Um, mm-hmm. So, but yeah, this is a great beat. I mean, this is just like, all right, let's do it. Yeah. But yeah, these kind of, um, ghostly like vocal samples of old like soul records is kind of mm-hmm. a very common thing is that a benny thing just i think you know derringer and alchemist both use that a lot chasing chickens that's so good <laughs> Such a great Rocky scene too. But, um, you know, as you can also see, like the other reason I love them is cause like these guys are just great rappers. I mean, they're yeah. like, the way they spin lines around and like references to different things and one of my lines. One of my favorite lines on this record is actually in this song. I'm going to jump to it. If I can get my timestamp timestamps at about two forty. It is a J. Cole line. Never letting them loose. Cold world, the heat of blast of your speaker. 
the Mohicans, no weakness, last in my sneakers. Nigga want me on the song, he gon' see the wrath of the Reaper. I'm probably gonna go to hell if Jesus asked for a feature. I'm <laughs> Yeah. I, I like that line. I'm probably going to go to hell if Jesus asks for a feature yeah. <laughs> because then if somebody wants him on a song, he's going to see the wrath of it. And the irony there being he's featuring on a song for another artist. I, I don't know. It's, it's a good line. I don't know anything about Jake, not even like word one about J. Cole. And this is the first Benny the Butcher album I've listened to, but I was really tickled by some of the wordplay on this record. Yeah. J. Cole is like more, a little more conscious, I think, and not as, you know, into the street thing. I mean, I guess we should say like, <laughs> trigger or content warning for like everything uh, right right under the sun on this record but that's just you know that's the genre um i love back to x x i'm a big, a big fan of stove god cooks he's a associate kind of of these guys um, uh-huh. he had a good album called reasonable drought was produced by rock marciano a couple of years ago um he's just kind of got an interesting kind of i don't know he's got a weird kind of flow a weird energy to him that i've always kind of liked as an mc Okay, here goes. Back to X. Ah. Like, this is a Derringer beat. This is like a classic Derringer type beat. Yo, yo, yo. I gotta stamp that shit. Niggas trying to take my shit. Mr. Pyrex, man, that's me, nigga. Hey, yo. That's a dissonant kind of piano thing. Uh-huh. Hey, yo, I know what y'all want. Y'all want me back on that Derringer shit, nigga. I know what y'all niggas want. Mr. Pyrex, you coming, nigga? You know what I These guys have so many, like, weird jazz fusion albums from, like, the 70s. <laughs> they just go digging in the crates all together. Well, you know, it's like you, you only need like that two second thing of weird yeah. you know, keyboard or whatever. Uh, he referenced up, up top several times. He called himself the Pyrex Man. What? Yeah. I'm assuming, is that a reference to his career or like what he's done? What What is that? Well, yeah, I mean, all these, yeah, Pyrex, like, um, when you, uh, when you cook, I think when you cook crack, oh, like you're, you're putting cocaine story. in water, like in a Pyrex, and then you kind of have to whip it up, I think, or something. Okay. So any Pyrex stuff is all always crack, like about cooking it, you know, cooking crack at like your apartment or whatever. Today I learned. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, you know, I know you're looking for a side hustle. <laughs> You've heard about my mummy money problems. Honestly, I have asthma, so if I ever tried to make any illicit substance in my apartment, I would probably just immediately choke and die. <laughs> You're not going to get past that first season of Breaking Bad. <laughs> so what do you hear on this record? I mean, I'm always interested with um, with rappers and artists who collaborate with producers and you know beat makers like this uh, with you know. Uh, Derringer and, and Alchemist on this record. What do you hear that's like distinctly Benny the Butcher, and what do you hear that's distinctly like the producer on this? Well, like if there's if there's anything on this track that's like, oh, that that's a Benny like moment. Is it just the words that he chooses? I think it's more the words. Yeah, I mean, but yeah, Stove got his. He's just a weird like way of phrasing stuff. But NBA references like obscure and Harold Miner, Kyle Lowry. Yeah, these are going right by my. Like, yeah. You're, yeah, you're, you're probably <laughs> lack of interest in sports is going to hurt you. <laughs> he references KG on one track. I yeah, that, that was good. KG, that. I'm with the Wolves. I love yeah, that yeah. one. Um, no, I mean, I guess you know, I think that I always feel like. Um, I mean, the way that I I think it works mostly is like these guys kind of just like they just play beats for him, you know what I mean? And like, then he'll be like, "Oh, I like that one," you know. Mm. So I would imagine. I mean, not that they don't tailor things, maybe. Sure. But I mean, this is very Derringer, like super minimal, kind of an eerie quality to it. Yeah. Um, I mean, Alchemist has a kind of eerie quality. He might have a little bit more. Um, full-bodied kind of thing. Sure. But Derringer's thing was like super minimalism kind of when in an era when people were trying to do like big, like big, you know, huge, like kind of, you know, trap beats. Um, but yeah, I don't know. What uh, what do you want to hear? I mean, I'm, I'm pretty down with... You'd listen to anything, huh? Um, uh, well, let's see. Uh, Uncle Bun is just a few tracks after this featuring 38 Spesh. Uh, and I love, yeah. I love that. Uh, I love that guy's delivery. Um, 
Yeah, he's he's also from Buffalo. He's been a guy that's kind of been, you know, I'd, I'd say even like this is definitely like even the the guests he has on this are like these guys are all very like inner circle. Boldy James is on Griselda. Um, Thirty Eight Special's been with them, like kind of not with them, but always like they do each other's records and like. Oh, okay. So this is a very like you know Griselda camp kind of thing. Okay. Uh, well, this is uh, Uncle Bun uh, featuring. 38 special from uh, Benny the Butcher's Tana Talk 4. Hearing them describe specifically how they make versions of crack and other drugs is like, it takes me back to when I was a reporter in small town Michigan and people, like all people do out there is make meth and shit. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, a lot of it, it's like, you know, I'm sure there's a lot of theatrics to it as well, you know, but I mean, you know, I love this line. Yeah. Yeah. I got a hand that could write scriptures, but y'all take the stand and land me in tight places. Yeah. No, he's great, man. Like, uh, also, I think Benny is a socialist. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> in a way. Million Dollar Empire from a piece of a broken brick. You know, this, next, a- this next section. Where Spesh raps about uh, motion pick. I love it. I love it. <laughs> what a silly way to describe a yeah. clip in a gun, but it works. Like, it, it yeah, just, no, it's his, great. his delivery. I don't know. It's, I just imagine, like, that he's got grills in and he's just, like, almost impeded in his ability to actually say the words, but he's, like, really going through it. Oh, I don't know. I don't think he has grills, but I feel like people don't have those as much anymore. Yeah. You should bring them back. (laughs) (laughs) I think they're terrible for your teeth. Um, (laughs) Yeah, this is great. Um, I feel like we should probably just have talked about Conway. um, And they're, you know, closely associated. Uh, Tyson versus Ali. Yes. Um, because this is, you know, these two are kind of like the foundation of the whole thing. Yep. Um, West Side Gun is a rapper as well, but he's a little bit more of like the label runner and kind of promotion guy. Oh, well, um, you can't tell. His his is probably my least favorite part on this record. I don't know. I just don't love his delivery. Uh, but He's a acquired taste. I like him, but yeah, he's he's like, West Side's got a weird voice. <laughs> like a he weird, he like, sure does. Delivery. He sure does. Very nasally. Um, but this is Tyson versus Ali uh, from Benny the Butcher's. Tana Talk 4. Tyson vs. Ali. Ali. Tyson vs. Ali. Everybody want to know who would be better, Tyson, Tyson vs. Ali. Ali. Yeah. Uh, they compare the greatest to the greatest like Boston versus the Lakers question do your legacy rest depending on where you rank amongst the current and the late if so I feel like I'm straight but rapping and selling weight I just had them genetic traits or do people really care do they just want to hear the music so confusing y'all it's the same question I ask myself whenever we record an episode of Crossfade do people really care or do they just want to hear the music <laughs> yeah I think they don't still sound the same put out something exclusive Need a hundred more soldiers The word out that I'm recruiting We throw so many clips That way we can make bloopers Rick in the car three lanes Away from a state trooper Well I'ma be in 20 years I ain't looked that far ahead yet Working overtime Doc said I should stop Get my leg rest I made dope re-rock So that's a reference to when he got shot In the leg oh. in Houston He has a couple references There's something about I couldn't enjoy my 36th birthday Or something Or a wheelchair yeah, yeah 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 that was all He was in a wheelchair for a while Last year Or 2020 maybe Wolf. Operation. You know who rules apply when it comes to this kind of gangster. So you bitch a bottle girl with a gullible occupation. Told her about Buffalo, now she And that like hook, that sample in the back, that sort of Celestina. Mm-hmm. Mm. Very satisfying. 
Yeah, it's great. I'm handing out raw. You in the slammer by law. I never abandoned my boy. They asking them my street, my track record standing like Floyd. I'm more street than y'all. The fuck I gotta answer y'all for? Tyson verse Ali. Tyson verse Ali. So yeah, I'm a huge fan of Conway. I was I was really torn between this and his new album, God Don't Make Mistakes. Really? In my case, for like I'm more. He's about to rap here, right? Yeah. Tyson verse Ali. Tyson verse Ali, Tyson verse Ali. They compare the legends to the legends, the icons to the greats. Crowd go crazy as soon as they see my face. Tyson verse Ali. I remember what we used to do to the fiends. That's why it feels so good to see you doing your thing. Don't get distracted by the noise. Don't let it ruin your thing. They try to pick you off, but that's really your moving screen. You and your team gonna see like. He sounds like another. And I don't remember. Does he sound like any particular rapper? Like a known rapper? Mm, I don't know. I don't think so. So pills in the trenches, that's pharmaceutical cream. Yeah. Now those deals were for Millimore, the Deleon spilling pour. I got this rap shit in a figure four. I mean, he's got a little bit of a slur because of his palsy. Uh-huh. It definitely changed his voice a little bit. Sure. Years or more. I mean, you looking at the team with the winning score. Fuck them niggas, kill them all. We was in the kitchen whipping soft when nigga life changed though when he got that brick of fitting Alright, what else uh, stuck out to oh, you? Sorry, I could I could just kind of vibe for a while. Um Yeah, this is a great song. I mean his, Conway's great. His new album's great. His, uh, okay. I I don't know how to pronounce it. Thowie? Thowie's Revenge? I guess, yeah. I hope I'm not saying anything untoward in actually saying the title of that song. But uh, this is uh, Thoby's Revenge by Benny the Butcher. I want to give people the taste of the intro. A little bit of that sample. With the game, nigga, I be fucking bitches in my chain. A couple killers I got tame, nigga. I'm the fundamentals of the game. I'm up on niggas. Because mostly because it sounds like a like a Final Fantasy VII overworld tune. Yeah, this is almost it's a throwback to a guy, a uh, uh, producer called Just Blaze. Okay, he did a lot of stuff. Uh, you know, early 2000s, mid 2000s, uh, like diplomats cameron uh-huh. jay-z but he had this he always used these kind of triumphant like kind of battle horn yeah stuff it's very um, good it works yeah i love i mean i love this style like i'm a sucker for this type of beat uh the line that i wanted to focus on is at around one minute 45 so i'll jump in there and we can keep talking it's not for the camera i fucked up over a banister only against the cloud take it some of these lyrics are so foul though oh my god yeah yeah I mean, that's the thing with listening to this stuff. I don't know what, what lines to draw with it. You know what I mean? It's just mm-hmm. like, I guess I might go, I don't know. I think people are just, I don't know. People always say, like, oh, you shouldn't like support this crime stuff. But it's like, people have been fascinated with, it's like Jesse James. People are yeah. fascinated with Jesse James yeah. or Bonnie and Clyde or it's, well, I mean, Al Capone. I mean, Matt, it's because, it's because they're, they're black people and people who want to puritanically tut tut you yeah. like enjoying their music of their exploits is like because yeah. they're people of co- like and, it, you know it, and half this stuff's probably still not true like they're embellishing stuff you know it, but it, yeah. it's like it, i think just it's people art. are naturally drawn to crime because it's like everyone fantasizes it, you know it channels maybe frustration and anger in certain ways um right. by fantasizing about being outside of like the law or whatever yeah, yeah. you know it, it's just people are it's Anything that goes beyond the boundaries of what you're supposed to do as a person, like that's just interesting, right? Like, right, that's, right. That's, it's, most it's interesting are about to explore through movies and, yeah. and you know comics and video games and music. Like it's it's worthwhile. It can be artistic in its representation yeah. and expression. Um, the line that I was thinking of in there was with no father and a poor mother. I was raised in a dope house. We had it. We had sticks in it, like restoring lumber. Next, I'm doing Martha Stewart numbers. Cook a chicken like I took a course from her. Uh that's great yeah <laughs> just yeah a lot of kitchen cooking kind of stuff very sure. like very i don't know i love it when uh like he's been singing about a whole lot of obviously like illegal activity and uh touting his fame and like supporting you know his his people like bringing his homies up with him when he gets big kind of thing and then there are just like references to and allusions to domestic life like taking a course from martha stewart and cooking a chick like Maybe well, I think that's another sh- drug thing, right? Know? Right, but like to leverage that imagery, yeah. to leverage that concept of like Martha Stewart, this like 
where she's famous for having been a, cri- a white collar criminal and yet still has enough of a reputation as a homemaker as like yeah. an advice person to to like have left an impact on this person who's then sharing his stories of his i i don't know it's recursive i mean she it's did nice. more she did more federal time than a lot of rappers did that's right. She's um, uh, good friends with Snoop Dogg now, I guess. <laughs> I I do want to this one I, I wanted to listen to before. I mean, we probably gotta get out of here, but uh, I did want to like weekends in the Perrys because um, I really want to talk about Boldy James, who uh, I'm a really big fan of. Okay, um, I'll jump in, and you can uh, let me know where to go. This is weekends in the Perrys. You gotta talk to niggas in the language they can understand. I love this this like. What is like that? I said, Alchemist likes these kind of like. I don't know. It's like a weird kind of dubbed out, like ghost-like yeah. 70s kind of soul thing. Like echoes of maybe like their parents' music or their grandparents' music. Yeah, yeah. Early R&B. I certainly show I deserve a homage. And they refer to my shit like Malcolm X words of knowledge. And just sort of the, like, uh, which I want to talk about with Boldy, but it's sort of a... And my phone used to ring so much you get nervous around me. Almost a nihilistic kind of thing. Like, that's how it'll always be. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. These things will always continue with new... These guys leave it behind, but I'm sure there's, you know, there'll always be new kids out there. You know what I mean? Never mind me. The pressure from my pen made them rap a little better. Finally, they crooked. Been in the rules. Rappers, I consider them cool. But when you're talking most authentic. But yeah, Boldy is on the next verse here is from Detroit. Um, he came out a while back. He had this My First Chemistry set tape was really good. But he signed to Griselda now. And, um, he did like the Price of Tea in China, the Versace tape, uh, Bo Jackson. Um I'm just a huge fan of his um, kind of setting the stage. I just feel like he has this like really almost morose kind of like narcoticized kind of flow. Okay. But he, he really talks about more, I think the painful and like, like depressive side of this stuff. Had to quit blazing cigarettes. Was two time in my day. I'm a bigamist, but the game happened to blame. I live with regret. My brain a bit of a wreck. All the stress and strain left a disconnect. Chef and a boy the cane in that kitchen. It's almost like a blues kind of like thing or something. I don't know. Yeah. And I think he has such a laconic kind of like low key flow. People don't appreciate how good he really is as a lyricist. And yeah, his he's not really like escaping a certain range of a few tones. Give me chills in my van, taking whatever's left from everything that was taken and blatant disrespect for good, better, best. When traded for less, took everything that came with it and that came with a check. But yet, it's still a nigga rich off pain and depressed, chasing a letter here and got a case to catch. David Blaine with the press, tamed the dog and made it fetch. Whatever. That, that is pretty. In retrospect, a, pretty a great verse. Yeah. Great, oh, another project he has called Major Manger on Methane. M e d h a n e. He did it with a jazz guy named Sterling Tolls, which is really kind of a weird record and cool. But huh. I, I just wanted to call out Boldy. I'm a huge yeah. Huge no, fan that's of his. a that's a it's like a sad verse too. He's talking about how he lives with regret and how stress and strain left a disconnect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. No. He's 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 one of those guys. I really I think is kind of <laughs> underrated. So I just wanted to call out him. Um, For sure. But I mean, I think we probably gave a pretty good. Um, overview of it yeah um, i i didn't want to you know these being 22 excuse me 2022 albums and potentially new music for people i didn't want to give everything away usually we're yeah, talking about decades yeah. old albums and it's like well if you haven't heard it by now time to you know brush up but um i i really enjoyed the chance to you know poke around and share some of the music we're listening to hope they're you know 2022 gives us even better stuff i feel like i feel like here's where i want to ask you you mentioned that maybe Con- one of conway's records would have been the um the other uh your other choice were there any other runner-ups that we didn't that, that you chose against for this yeah you know sometimes I, I this one record probably the record that's really i might even do it at this point what, i have it right here actually it's actually from late 2021 but it's guy named uh sorry i'm actually looking at record uh nolan potter nolan potter music is dead um just unbelievable album but yeah conway's album god don't make mistakes is great um uh but yeah this this guy is just like mind-blowing like really crazy like psychedelic kind of weird pop with almost kind of zappa like complexity and i don't know that, that really blew my mind actually um but it's it's actually technically not from 2022 but i didn't find out about it until uh and then uh yeah i didn't find out about it till 2022 okay i'm gonna play just a few seconds of one of the tracks off of that 
the most played track from Spotify. Let's see. This is called Gregorian Chance. I can get behind this. I feel like some you would like actually. This is a this is probably a very high chance I would like this. This is very like seventies production. Yeah, and it's all over the place. It's crazy. Fuck yeah. That was dope. I uh, cannot wait to. Um if not this, uh, I I feel like one of these days, Matt, I'm gonna ha- I did I like have- the big thief record a lot, but yeah, that's I just like that's we good. talked about before, I just like I I got so sick of it on Twitter, I just didn't wanna it's a really good record. It's a, a great songs. They're a really good band. I just yes. was kind of like, I didn't feel like entering that discourse again. Yeah. Uh, and honestly, I, I would prefer to introduce people to music if possible. Uh, I feel like that record's gotten a lot of play, like you say, almost too much. Yeah. Uh, from if you follow indie people. rock to any degree, like yeah. you've heard about Big Thief. You've, you've heard that. Um, th- and that's kind of the reason why I didn't choose Mitski's new album. Uh, I don't know how often you've gotten a chance to sit down with Mitski's music. Uh, I know that you once yeah. upon a time mentioned yeah. uh, that, that you had, you know, listened that you were aware of her that it wasn't really in your sphere but she's had a couple albums since then i kind of wanted the chance to see if i could reintroduce you kickstart the engines uh but i don't know that this is the record yeah, that would do it anyway I, it wasn't it wasn't something i had a super like negative reaction to by any means it didn't sound sure sure bad i just didn't quite uh didn't quite grab me like some of the other stuff that's maybe in in that zone yeah um, yeah yeah you know do you know like the whole weird thing about how her dad was in the CIA, probably. Yeah, because Wikipedia is like, uh, she moved around a lot as a kid from foreign country to foreign country and doesn't talk about her father. <laughs> well, like, there was parts I think have been scrubbed from the internet where it's like, he worked in, like, U.S. foreign relations in, like, the Ivory Coast or something. Uh, it's like... that's uh, There are a couple no, things that happened no, in that. No yeah. U.S. foreign agent is up to anything good in the Ivory Coast, <laughs> like in, in Africa. You know what I mean? Like that's where real shit happens. And like, he was just in a bunch of places that were really like, I don't know. Not that they're, not that they're bad countries. It's just like places in the world where the U S like tends to get up to no good. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. Um, uh, and she seems to be kind of like scrubbing it a little bit, but yeah, a little I, bit. I thought it was, it was uh, fun conspiracy theory. Everybody, everybody's got that. Um, yeah, and just just because we, just because we had some e- even play, uh, this is a clip from "Working for the Knife" by Metzky from her 2022 record "Laurel Hell." Oh, that's kind of cool. This, yeah. this is like a little bit more like. 80s kind of vibe. Yes, than this album stuff. is much more like dancey 80s than her earlier like synth pop kind of yep, stuff. Definitely, um, and that's part of what's put a lot of Mitski fans off from it. Uh, some have some call it one of her worst records. Uh, I don't think it's that, but um, yeah. So uh, hey, if you want to know what we're thinking as far as music, you can follow us uh, through this podcast. We talk a lot about music. Um, we don't have a community segment for this episode. Uh, so I don't know how we last our last episode that we had that wasn't guest based. We went yeah. out on the taxi theme, which was probably the Let, best way we could have ended that episode. I mentioned ACDC. Let's go out on high voltage by ACDC. Oh yeah. Let me type that in. That's some, that's some real shit right there. Get hype as we're headed out. Uh, and Matt, do you want to, um, do you want to give people the out? Just let them know where they can find us and stuff. Yeah, start high voltage. It'll be a good like like a bumper. Yeah. All right. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to support us, head over to patreon.com slash minmax. This is crossfade. Turn it up and rip the knob off. <laughs> All right, that's my old school FM rock <laughs> guy. Love um, it. All right, all right, we should end this fiasco here. Um, but seriously, uh, obviously, thanks uh, to y'all for the support and uh, listening and the nice comments and everything. Uh, always appreciate it. So we will see you in a couple weeks, and this has been CrossFit. Yeah.